Welcome to the Payments Podium podcast hosted by the payments professor himself, Kevin Olson. This podcast discusses the past, present, and the possibilities of the payments industry. Here's the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Payments Podium. Kevin Olson, payments professor here. And today I've got some, well, we're going to go a little bit different in the payment space today. We're going to start looking at a, well, I'm going to actually let Nick Baum, the CEO of Tremendous, explain where we're going to go today. One of the first things I want to do today, though, is welcome Nick Baum with Tremendous. He is their CEO. He's going to help us explain what they do in the payments world. But before we get there, folks, you know, we got to ask somebody new on the show. Nick, how did you get into payments? What made you go, I want to work in payments? Great question. And thanks, Kevin. Uh, Very pleased to be here today with you. We got into payments totally accidentally, uh, if I'm going to be brutally, brutally honest. So my one of my good friends and co-founder, Koppel, and I decided to quit our jobs in the corporate world and start a startup. And we saw a great opportunity to create a product that's competitive with gift cards. And lo and behold, the gift card space is payments. So we thought, hey, we, we should probably run this by an attorney, try to understand if there are any concerns with launching this business. And lo and behold, we got back a 15-page memo that cost about $15,000 more than we ever expected and included 20 bullet points of considerations that we had no idea we'd encounter going into this space. So that's how we got into payments, starting at first a consumer-to-consumer payment, a gift card platform. Nick, you had mentioned Gift Rocket and getting to Tremendous. And, you know, you started off with one company and then you've ended up at a different company. How did that transition happen? How do you go from being one to becoming another? We had found that Nike was sending survey incentives using Gift Rocket, which, of course, is this consumer platform. It made no sense that they were sending hundreds of incentives at scale. We had SoulCycle running an employee recognition program through GiftRocket. This was this baffled our minds that they would use this consumer gifting platform to solve these real core business problems. So we realized if they're willing to use GiftRocket, we should actually build some tools to help them manage this process effectively. So we added new redemption options, made it so that recipients could redeem to dozens and dozens of gift cards, Visa prepaid cards, do money transfers to ACH, PayPal, even do charity donations. So we expanded the recipient offering and on the sender side, we built out all the tools to make it really easy for our clients to just upload a spreadsheet to pay hundreds or thousands of recipients at the same time. And then we added even more with an API to make it programmatic, built integrations, and all that fun stuff. So it's more than just getting the information, it's information and money all in one. That's right, that's right. So a gift card was involved, and the next thing you know, you're talking to each other and the attorney gets involved. The next thing you know, here we are, we're all having a discussion about the world of payments. Now, one of the things that you said that I love is you did run it by an attorney because I talk to a lot of people who have brilliant ideas for a startup, 
And they'll be like, well, can I go do it? And I'll be like, well, yes, but it's not going to be as easy as you think it is because there are so many rules, there are so many regulations that exist in the world of electronic payments that a lot of people aren't aware of that we've got to work around or within, I would say. Now, you decided to get in there with gift cards. What was it that was the problem? What was it was the friction, I, I would say, is usually what is the problem. What is the solution? What is it that you solved that you said, hey, we can get in and we can solve this? Sure. So there, there were two main things that we saw. And to be clear, this was the first kind of incarnation of the business called Gift Rocket. Uh, which we launched in 2010. Tremendous was launched in 2018. So there was a pivot uh, along the way. But we launched Gift Rocket with the idea that, one, it would be really great if you could get a gift card to any local business, whether they offered one for themselves or not. And then, two, the idea was it's actually much better if gift cards didn't tie you directly to that business. Gift cards have this great combination of, I thought of you and I thought of this place and this is something you would really like, but the product itself is actually quite limiting. It's strictly worse than cash. So what it does is it helps overcome that social stigma around giving just cash, but unfortunately it creates a worse product. So we thought, hey, let's create this product that we think is better, more flexible, and allows anyone to give a gift with the suggestion of a business to their friends and relatives, whomever. So that was the genesis of Gift Rocket, which after we built up all of the financial infrastructure, eventually became tremendous in 2018. Okay, so what I, I'm hearing, and correct me if I'm wrong, is I can go down to the local Target or Walmart. And there's all these different gift cards, but they're stuck on, you know, there's the Amazon, there's Apple. I mean, all these big major players, I can't get them for my more local businesses. I can't get them for the places I like to shop at or for the places that I know my friends and my family, the more local community places. And is that what you're actually able to solve for? Yes, in a way. The idea was you'd be giving someone essentially cash, a money transfer, but it would be packaged up incredibly nicely. So it's a greeting card. It's almost like paperless post with the design, but includes a suggestion where the recipient should spend the money that they receive. So we tried to overcome whatever stigma there is around just giving money to someone by packaging up in many ways that a gift card is. And keep in mind, this was 2010. So very, very few local businesses sold gift cards online, let alone even had an electronic gift card. So we were able to allow people who wanted to say, hey, I thought of you, I thought of this really great local business to do so in a way that they could one, do online, and two, didn't limit, limit their recipient to have to spend the money at that business if, if they chose not to. Now, I think most folks would if their friend said, hey, you really got to try this place and here's some money, but it gives that flexibility that Unfortunately, most gift cards don't have. Yeah, okay. I got to agree. I, I I most likely would too. If you give me a card, you give me some money, you say, hey, go try this out. Here's some money to go have something at this location. I am more than likely going to do that. Now, one of the things too, as you said, that was 2010. Since 2010, we have had a lot of changes in the payments industry. The ability to send and move money electronically is greatly speeding up. 
Uh, next year, we have FedNow coming out, which will really, really skyrocket how money can move. And we saw that in the pandemic, there were a lot of changes that took place too. And how, you know, supercharged adoption is a good way to be able to put it for how people would be willing to do more things electronically. What's, what does that mean, in your opinion, of course, to the paper check? What, what's hap happening to the paper check now? Well, it's meeting its demise, certainly. And there are very, very few people holding out hope that the check is going to last forever, right? It's more expensive. It's really cumbersome to administer. Uh, there are all of these cases that you have to consider if you're actually trying to send out checks at scale that have to do with, with fraud. Uh, you've got bank account routing numbers on the checks themselves. How do you track that your recipients received it, that they've cashed it? So it's it's full of gotchas and traps. And of course, every company wants to switch to an electronic version, but they're faced with the concern of, well, what if my recipient doesn't know how to take this new form of digital payment? Let's just do something really safe. Or, hey, we've got something that works. We're sending checks. We've been doing this for the past 40, 50 years. Why are we going to change this process if we don't have to? So those are the two considerations that might be holding companies from moving to a new digital solution. And I can tell you that with Tremendous, we've certainly interacted with companies that have clung very tightly to their current check processes for those reasons. But I believe that sooner rather than later, we will get we will be in the post check world, hopefully by the end of the decade. Well, I, I got to tell you, Nick, I am what's called an NCP, a National Certified Check Professional. I'm also an NCP certified instructor for in, instructing people on using checks. And I tell you this to let you know, I know those people are still holding on the hope that the check will be the instrument of the future. And they said they are out there. I am not one. Even as somebody who's certified for it, somebody who, who I wouldn't be here today without checks. My career launched because we had things like remote deposit capture and the ability to take checks um, and, and, and make them electronic and still be able to move them around. But you're right. There's so much information that goes around there. There's a lot of fraud that gets involved with them, too. And, well, let's just keep moving on because there's some other questions that come up that I'd like to hear. And one of those is when it comes to sending payments around the world. Global payments is one of the next biggest landscapes, I believe, that we're going to want to tackle. It's, it exists now. It's available now. But getting payments out around the world, especially for things like those non-recurring payments, maybe an employee bonus. Uh, I love getting those. Maybe doing things like referral rewards. There's a whole area out there that is ripe for the picking, might be the good way for, to say it, because even though there are options, it's really expensive. It's also got a lot of friction and people don't know where to go. So what would you say when it comes to how people are going out there and sending these bulk payments, really, especially around the world when it's a non-recurring type? Yeah, that's been one of our, our primary focuses the past few years here, because if you're if you're a business and you've got to send money internationally, maybe someone took a survey online that they need to be paid for. Maybe it's a marketing incentive. Maybe it's an employee gift. It's not easy to do it. And even if 10% of the volume is international, it's going to be 90% of your headache because you don't know what the recipient prefers. There can be regulation. 
it gets very, very complicated very quickly if you're doing this at scale. So what Tremendous has done is we built up a large catalog of options in hundred, oh, I think close to 200 countries internationally. It's a combination of gift cards, Visa prepaid cards, PayPal, other types of money transfers. And so that recipients can just choose what makes sense for them. So we help the recipient have get that choice, get it in a currency that makes sense for them, get it in a product that makes sense for them, even do language translation so that the recipient can easily follow the steps to receive their money. So there are a lot of gotchas in that process and you have to carefully address every single one of them if you wanna solve that international payout problem correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, because a lot of gotchas that come up in that one is a couple of things, you know, uh, uh, go a little, can go a little sideways on that. One of them is fraud. And, you know, there, there's a lot of fraud that is involved in anything payments. I mean, I, I don't want to try and pick on you or anything else out there and say that this one payment channel has more fraud than the other. The reality is if it involves money, there is fraud, fact. And one of the things that I look at when we start going international with cards is, what are the fraud controls that you look at? What are the fraud variables that you look at to help control and minimize it as much as possible? I know ideally we'd want to eliminate it, but I don't think that's ever possible. Uh, but there are things that we can do to be able to control and minimize it. And what are the things that you look at and put in place to help with that? Sure. The, the, there are two key things. The first is we work exclusively with businesses as senders. So validating that the businesses who they say they are, that our primary contacts are who they say they are, that they're spending within a volume that makes sense for their use case. So for example, if they're uh, do, doing employee gifts and they're a 100 person company, that they're not spending $10 million a year. That doesn't make any sense. So validating the business, validating the use case, validating the volume, that's all on the sender side. On the recipient side, you wanna validate and, and, and sometimes, Companies have the best of intentions. They're not committing any fraud, but recipients can game whatever system a sender might have in place. So for example, with marketing incentives, uh, maybe they can find a way uh, to engineer a solution to receive more than they should. So the way that you deal with that is by looking at the aggregated funds flow to any destination. So if there's an IP address, for example, that's redeeming an amount of money that doesn't make sense, that gets propagated um, through our monitoring system to be evaluated uh, by a human. So there's an algorithmic review and then a manual transaction review um, for all of the redemptions uh, that go through Tremendous. This podcast is brought to you by the VSoft Corporation. VSoft offers core processing, digital banking, and payment processing solutions for financial institutions of all sizes. Follow us on Twitter at VSoft underscore corp and online at vsoftcorp.com. Okay, back to the show. All right. I love that you actually still bring in the human element. That is one thing that I am a big proponent for machine learning. I think AI is amazing in what it can do, but we sometimes still need somebody to look at and go, does this still really make sense? Even though, you know, maybe the computer didn't get it or they did get it and they got it wrong. So I love that you are doing that. Something else though, that's in the realm of in the international payments. And we start talking about faster payments is, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with the clearinghouse and their RTP system. And also, you know, again, I'm the payments geek who's out there on the edge of stuff that's just happening. So if you're not, it's okay. But with the world of RTP, 
being offered by the clearinghouse, they have announced come January 1 that they will have instant payment capability to six countries. Now, these are mainly European countries. It really uh, resembles SEPA that we see over in the European countries and their ability for instant payments. Would you be working with any of those types of systems to be able to have the instant payment capability, maybe through RTP or through others for that, you know, hey, I can send this in five to 20 seconds type of deal? Short answer, absolutely. It's, it's, it's no secret that consumers prefer to get money faster. They don't want to wait if they don't have to. Now, waiting one day to receive $50 isn't a big deal, but it's much better if that one day can go down to one second. So we're absolutely going to implement solutions that are going to make the consumer experience better. And real-time payments is one of those um, key transformations in the payments industry that is going to help drive consumer satisfaction. I agree. And going from, you know, seconds to from one day, I, I'm older. And I remember in the early, my early days of the career that sending wires could take days to actually get to other countries. And it was crazy that it took that long. But one of the things was, is that was the only way you had when you were in a lot of these different places to receive it. Your options to receive it were, hey, it's going to come in this way. You can only get it this way. Uh, it's going to have money cut off at different locations. Everybody gets their cut, their piece of the pie as it's coming through. So you didn't really get a choice as a recipient for how you were going to receive the money. How do you look at when it comes to those options of receiving, how do you look at it? What are the different ways that you offer a recipient? Let's give you a choice in how you're gonna receive it. I know you touched on that a little bit earlier, but I'd like to hear a little bit more about that. Choice is key, especially when you're dealing with a very broad audience, which most of our clients are. Our clients are sending incentives very often at scale where it can be thousands or tens of thousands of payments, totaling millions or tens of millions of dollars per year. And payments, or excuse me, uh, recipients have a, a very wide range of preferred redemption options, the ways that they want to be paid. So you have some folks who want money go to, to go directly to their bank account, where ACH or maybe RTP will be the best solution for them. You got folks who want PayPal, Venmo. You've got folks who might be unbanked, who prefer to receive an Amazon gift card, Target gift card. They might prefer to receive a Visa card that they can just put on their Apple wallet or on Android and then use it to pay, right? So there are so many different choices. There's just been a proliferation of different digital payment options. And giving that choice to recipients is absolutely key if you're dealing with a large number of consumers. Because if you're a business, every single consumer that doesn't have, for which you're not supporting their preferred payment method is going to be a support ticket. So you need to figure out how can I provide as much choice as possible? So that's what we've done with Tremendous. That's the key piece to satisfying a very wide, especially international audience. Well, I'm going to go with, wow, I love that answer. I, I know just for me, I get together with a group of my buddies and we try to all figure out how we're going to pay each other back. And everybody's got a different app for that which, you know, creates a problem. Or I look and I see my kids and there's some age difference in my kids. I have a son that he's 12. If you give him cash, he gets upset and rolls his eyes. It's like, why are you bothering to give me cash? Why don't you give me Roblox? You know, I want that. I don't want, I don't want to deal with the hassle of cash. So it, it, it's different to everybody and how they look at it. 
I, another area too, because I, I've worked in the fintech space for uh, different points in my career, in and out of it, worked in regulatory, worked in education. And I know in the fintech space that sometimes getting started is the hardest thing. I know that when you, you go to develop products, when you go to get the talent, it's got a lot that it really takes to get you off the ground and get you moving. So for you, what did it really take for you to find the talent? What did it take to get the product development? How did that look in moving forward and moving the ball forward? Besides, of course, you know, sending the money to the lawyer for him to come back with the bullet points. Right. So, so we did it the old fashioned way. Tremendous is what we call, quote unquote, VC free. We have not taken venture capital which means that we've taken a very different path than many other folks in the fintech space. Because if you're in fintech, you have to deal with obstacles that you don't, frankly, as a business in many other areas. First, you have to deal with regulation. You often have to deal with getting really important partners like banks that won't take you seriously until you've proven product market fit or have raised a bunch of money. And often in fintech, your margins are razor thin, so you need scale in order to operate profitably, uh, or or at least uh, not be, being default alive, right? And so for us, we were very fortunate in that we had created this consumer business that was actually profitable, and that helped us launch tremendous using the profits of that business. So we were able to develop our product through that money, uh, we actually had some engine, we, our founders had technical backgrounds. So we built a lot of that initial, the initial infrastructure for our corporate users. But we continued to recruit by showing, hey, we've got product market fit. This is a really great area where there's going to be a lot of advancement. And we weren't in a place where we said, hey, Sequoia said yes to us. So you should too. It was very, very different. Our cell than many, many other folks in the fintech space. So we've been really a reliant on actually getting traction, showing the logos that are using Tremendous, explaining the direction that the business is going, rather than relying socially, uh, exclusively on social proof. Okay, what would you tell somebody who is getting into or, or has an idea to start off a fintech, has an idea to start off a business? What advice would you give them from the lessons you've learned? Talk to your customers, talk to them frequently, often. You should be, if you can, if you've got the background, be building product and doing sales and success at the same time as you get going. Uh, you're a founder, be a jack of all trades, but the best, best information that you can possibly get early on is that direct feedback from customers. So listen to them, adapt your product, listen to them again, uh, if they're willing, if they're willing to use your product, they're willing to give you the time to give you feedback. So really get in the trenches, do as much as you can in that life cycle of the product uh, from feedback development and uh, good luck. See, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And a lot of people don't realize that is jump in, learn all the aspects. 
You don't have to be the, the master of all aspects, but when you have an understanding of every piece, then it helps you to connect all the pieces. And then you hire the right people to do the jobs that, you know, fit those pieces. All right. Well, I got you theorizing and, and thinking about things. Here's something else I want you to do. You know, I, I always tell people I, I do a, a speech a lot of times called Payments Predictions, where I pull out my crystal ball of payments. And I look at what's happening, what's on the new horizon. Like we mentioned RTP and it's going international, but let's look really on global payments. And what do you think the future looks like when it comes to global payments? What would What's in Nick's crystal ball for the future of global payments? Well, I think the major challenges there are around compliance and then consolidating to hopefully one system in the future that can support all recipients. I think that's really far off. I think there's going to be a, a pro, continued proliferation of different payment options that are that work internationally. So I think it's going to be really key to have businesses, aggregators like Tremendous, bringing in all of those really popular payment options across the globe. So I think we're going to continue to see more options, faster disbursements, and new ways to fulfill these regulatory uh, compliance hurdles. So hopefully all of that improves significantly over the past, over the next few years. I think we're also going to see a change in the mindset of businesses. Businesses are often delegating these problems to be solved by individual departments. So for example, if you're a marketing department and you're doing an international incentive program, you're in charge of solving the payments for that. Or if you're a user research team, and you need to pay users that are providing feedback, answering surveys all over the world, you're in charge of that. I think this is instead gonna become an organizational level problem at some point because there are so many different uh, stakeholders and departments that are otherwise responsible for solving this problem that comes up over and over and over again in an organization. So I think there's gonna be a big shift from having uh, department leaders to organizations solving this one-off payouts problem. I could not agree more. Get the whole organization involved. Preach that one all the time. So I'm loving that, yeah, that you support that message as well. Because I too have seen exactly what you described. One department's trying to solve for it, doesn't realize the whole organization has a little bit of input and could benefit if they were part of the conversation. Well, Nick, I want you to know this has been a great conversation. And there is one more question I have to ask because I ask this to everybody. And this question is, before I let you go, if Nick were to sit there and suddenly be able to sit down and have the conversation with Nick, who's just graduating from high school, and we're to have to tell him, hey, this is what you're going to need to do to be successful. This is what's going to help you to survive in the crazy chaos of the payment space. What advice would you sit down and give your graduating self to say, and for, of course, all of our listeners, to say, this is what you do to be able to be successful, not just in the payment space, but in business and in life? Talk to people. Get to know the folks that are experienced listen to them, try not to repeat mistakes. I think that's it. Get to know really smart people who are kind enough to lend you their time and uh, be really grateful for the time that they spend with you. 
Oh, great answer. Gratitude, listen, talk to people, especially those that have got experience. Well, I want to thank you for being on the Payments Podium. It has been a pleasure to learn more about you, about Tremendous, about what's happening in the world of cards and, well, what's happening in the future in that space as well. And I thank you for listening and all of you out there for listening as well. And if you do happen to have a payments topic that you'd like to have covered, or maybe you know somebody who should be on the Payments Podium, you can email me, Kevin at paymentsprofessor.com, and I will do all I can to get them on and get them involved. Otherwise, for now, I have to say, class dismissed. Thank you for listening to the Payments Podium Podcast. This podcast is hosted and produced by Kevin Olson. See you on Thursday.